Hey, all right. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Spell Store Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah. And I'm Chad. And we have a very exciting episode for you. Uh, this month, we have a guest on to help us have a conversation. Uh, the month we're in is March, but it also is known as Women's History Month. And so we've invited one of our favorite gamers on, Judy, to have a conversation with us. Judy, tell everyone hello. Hello. <laughs> it's good to have you on. And um, we're going uh, to have a lively conversation, I'm sure, about a number of topics that are going to hit home to a lot of our listeners. And it's a conversation that seems to happen in, um, in weird spaces and places. And we're going to try to capture some of that and, um, uh, you know, for the benefit of everyone, I think. So thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, we're going to start with our favorite segment, and that is what games are you playing or have you played recently? And so um, any one of us can start, um, but you're totally welcome to tell us about any recent gaming experiences you have first. Actually, why don't you go first? You're our guest. Why don't you, <laughs> why don't you tell us um, uh, any recent game experiences you've had? That is fair. Uh, we spent the whole last week trying to get a game of Frostgraven, and... Uh, the most we made it is uh, we created our war bands and nice. uh, then set them up on the table and then our kids took over and, you know, <laughs> life <laughs> happened and we didn't quite get there, but uh, we at least, you know, made our war bands. Took yeah. a couple tries because I was assuming second edition and Bob was assuming first edition. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah uh, hopefully in a couple days. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are both minis players, so I'm sure you have access to tons of really cool miniatures to put onto the table, which I'm sure just makes it all the more enticing to your kids. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, uh, we actually got a decoy. Cool. We've got uh, these little unicorns that we bought them to paint, so we oh, were nice. hoping they would like stay painting their little unicorns while we were playing. But nice. <laughs> <laughs> it lasted for all of 10 minutes, and then they were like, all right, more minis. I will play your game, yeah. <laughs> now, do, you have, do you have like a designated place where you play? or Because like we set up our game on the dining room table, so I can't leave the game there. Otherwise, Laura gets mad at me. So I have to, you know, take it down by dinner time, kind of thing. Uh, oh my I, goodness. How, how's, yes. how's your setup going? Um, actually, Bob built this amazing table. He like went to Home Depot, got a bunch of lumber, like put it all together, added some LED lights. It is amazing. And he created these little slats that go on top. So actually, we've had like games in there that have been like sitting in there for weeks and like they're in the <laughs> middle of the game, but you know, life gets in the way, but yeah, then we yeah. can come back and pick right up where we left off and it's fantastic. See, I love that. And I'm jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, just tell your wife to go to Home Depot and slap together an awesome table. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We would also have to grow another room. <laughs> That's fair. Our room, uh, as you might be able to tell, is getting a little tight. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a cool place to hang. I'll say that. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's cool. So, uh, what? So you said that both of you. One of you was assuming first edition. One of you was assuming second edition. So, how much different did the war bands turn out? Like, I, I'm familiar with both editions, but I wanted to know how much you guys noticed. Um, I'm 
You know what? I can't remember. I looked at his warband and something about it, and I don't remember what it was because this was like early last week when we were like creating our warbands. And yeah. I remember looking at his warband and thinking, this doesn't look right. Uh, I think there's, he didn't have like enough. He didn't have warband. all 10 or something. And okay. like his gold was not there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, you can get free people, <laughs> thugs and thieves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The starting gold is different. And then there's a limitation on, on certain kinds of, uh, of uh, members you can have in your warband. Like in first edition, you can spam a certain type, um, but then in second edition, you can only have a cap of like four, I think, right? Yeah. Like Something the like dreaded that. barbarians that Oz, you've told us is, yeah. Oz is so fond of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, we got a, a game of Frostgrave in recently, and uh, it was much more balanced uh, than, <laughs> than before. And I don't know. Maybe I'm saying that because I had a really good game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little biased because you kicked some butt. Uh, actually, I'm a little biased. I didn't actually kick a lot of butt. I just really leaned into the scenario and was successful. So okay, uh, I came out with more treasure than... Because we've been doing this campaign, Judy, and we're probably like six, six games in or something. And so we're like levels anywhere from 14 to 19. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. Of course, now we're after we level up, we'll it'll be, we'll all be a little bit higher. But um, um, but I probably had my best showing in the last game. So, oh yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really great. So, um, but I I love Frostgrave. So we're still playing first edition because uh, just because we have the PDS for that, and um, and my coworker who is like the one person who I see constantly through this whole COVID thing. Um, is our fourth person. And so, um, you know, and so like he, you know, rather than have him spend any money to, to play with us, we just, you know, send him a copy of the, of the first edition PDF and that's what we've been doing. So that's awesome. But, yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. It's fun. So how about you, Chad? Did you get any games in lately? Uh, I have only played a couple of games of uh, the second edition Arkham Horror board game uh, with a couple of my roommates and um, a couple of other people. We played one day. We had uh, two friends over uh, and got started playing something, but it ended up being one of the longer adventures. And it was definitely taking longer with the extra two people, which was nice because there was a lot more actions to go around to kind of keep things better under control than than the couple of other times we've played with just the three of us uh where like it felt like we kind of had a handle on it and then there's like one thing that happens and then everything goes out of control and then it's just this downward spiral into insanity <laughs> like you do with cthulhu and and great yes. old ones and <laughs> so um those were the first couple of first few times that I'd actually played the Arkham Horror board game. It's pretty good. It's um, okay. it's really cool because it does have a bunch of different modular boards, uh, and there's a lot of interesting characters and things, uh, different players with different roles for the types of actions you're going to be taking. Uh, it was pretty interesting, and it's a fairly simple dice uh, dice resolution system based off of d6 rolls and. Yeah. and some certain stats so just looking for successes and things so uh okay. it was a lot of fun but uh that was like other than my usual uh binging of league of legends with my friends online i haven't really gotten to play very many other games yeah hey speaking of online 
um, I finally downloaded Tabletop Simulator. <gasps> Me too. Yo, yeah. oh, right. Okay. So, <laughs> and then, and so, you know, I've been before uh, the last freeze that took place around Thanksgiving or whatever, I had been going out to glimpses and getting like beginner games of Infinity in. And yes, I, I knew jealous. you would, I knew you would write that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I got like, you know, five games in or whatever at, you know, 150 points and just to try to get the mechanics down and movement and things like that. And then the freeze happened. And so, and so I really haven't, I've read a little bit of the rules, but I haven't finished the rules and I really haven't touched the game since then, but I downloaded tabletop simulator to try to get some infinity in. So, so I'm playing, uh, we have a mutual friend, Remy. And yes. so we're in the middle of the game right now where we did, uh, uh, we did his turn top of one, like two weeks ago. And we did my turn top of one on Friday. And the cool thing with tabletop simulator is that you can save the game in between. Mm. Uh, so that's nice. But um, but uh, it's hard because I'm one. I'm learning the game and I'm learning Tabletop Simulator at the same time. Like yeah. the, all the functions, like how do I do this again? You know, and we're just like, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of helping each other out. <laughs> For sure, yeah. But I just I don't know. The more I play Infinity, the more I like it, and and so it's one of those weird games that that it keeps doing that to me. So. But uh, so I can't I can't say we finished the game. Uh, I'm running Toha, which is or Toa. I don't I, people I've heard people pronounce it different ways, and um, apparently uh, they're not a really great like beginner faction because they have like some fun tricks that they can do that are unique to them. Uh -huh. I don't really know what those are, and so I'm just yeah. you know you know. And then and then Remy was running uh, OSS, which is a um, a sectorial of Aleph. So, so two alien factions, I guess, going after each other. Do you, now, Judy, do you have, do you and Bob, do you guys have infinity models yet or? We do not. Actually, the reason we downloaded Tabletop Simulator was to try it, uh, you know, uh, before we invested. Cause I feel like we've been buying a ton of minis and we haven't yeah. been able to play with all of them. And I feel like this weird guilt of, oh my gosh, we keep accumulating <laughs> and wanting to play and then we don't have the time and, yeah. you know. I get that. Uh, I, know exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, uh, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of part of the reason why I'm trying to downsize some of the stuff that I have is I I only have so much time, which is very very little, to try and play anything, and just trying to get rid of stuff I'm not using and and focus on the things that like I would rather be playing. Yeah. 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 I've uh, I've got some weird random things in my collection. And I've been uh, I've been able to uh, sell a couple of them on eBay recently, and, uh, and I like that. So and it, it you know adds to my doesn't it, it goes just goes back into my play money, which means it doesn't take away from my normal budget, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. It replaces you know, so it's cool. Yeah, so I was able to get a fancy card for my com new commander deck I'm building. So, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, hey, let's get back on topic here. What are we talking about here? Um, <laughs> why don't we actually, why don't we just go into our, our kind of main topic of the day, um, and, and we're talking about women in gaming and, and, and so, uh, Judy, you're our guest and, uh, wanted to just get some biographical information from you, I guess, just how did sure. you get into gaming? Where'd you start and where are you going? 
like <laughs> <in the hundreds>, so <laughs> yeah all right um let's see i picked up like i guess the core of what is kind of within our hobby realm uh i picked up magic in college uh mm -hmm. which then led me to going into you know your friendly local game store yeah. uh it's a great gateway yeah i got into um a couple basically reskins of magic from there uh but kind of got to see some miniature stuff and then uh, a while later <laughs> I had this opportunity to watch a couple games of Malifaux and I was like, oh man, this is kind of cool. <laughs> um, but I didn't quite understand uh, a couple things. The guys I had been watching had these beautifully painted minis and I thought that nice. that's the way they came. And <laughs> so I went, oh, no. I, like, I, wa I want to play this game. And so I looked and I started looking at the prices and I'm like, you know, in college, I've got all these other expenses. Uh, so I, was, I wasn't necessarily looking to dump a ton of money in. And so I looked and I was yeah. like, okay, this is a little, little on the spendy side, but I can do this. And then I looked and they were like unpainted. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I ended up kind of shelving that. Uh, but that was kind of my first introduction to like the mechanics and just general moving around a board with minis and measuring and all that fun stuff. Uh, and then it wasn't until uh, Game Game of Thrones was coming to an end uh, in terms of the TV show. And we had been hosting Game of Thrones night once a week and stuff. And my husband and I were like, oh, man, we wish we had something to replace this. And he was like, well, I saw this Song of Ice and Fire miniatures game. Like, maybe we should try that out. Uh, so he actually went out and bought a beginner's box and tried it out with, I think, Remy first. Okay. Uh, and then he was like, you know what? I think he would really dig this. And I was a little unsure. I didn't know what was going on. But he pitched it as, this is something we could do together for, like, a date night kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, good all right, that, that sounds good. good yeah. I think, uh, I think if I remember right, I think Bob came and watched Remy and I play a game at Runeboard one night. I don't remember if it was Song of Ice and Fire or if we were playing a game of War Machine. I'm pretty sure it was Ice and Fire. Um, but I think that was like the first time I had met Bob. I'm pretty sure. And then I didn't see him again for months. And so like I, that's why I'm not certain if it was him or if it was another one of Remy's friends that he had mm. talked to about potentially getting into the game. Because Remy had been – I knew Remy from War Machine. Uh, yeah. And then he started getting into Song of Ice and Fire, and he's and we were talking about getting it going at Rune and Board. He's like, "Yeah, I've got like three or four other friends that are possibly interested. They just want like a little bit of, uh, you know, they want to see the game playing." And I'm pretty sure he and I played a game, which was like one of the first games that I played. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Bob was there watching us and like asking us some questions and like totally digging like the way that the game was playing and stuff. And, yeah. And I, I, like, I feel like I remember he left and he was like, yeah, I think, I think I'm pretty hooked. I think I can, I can get into this and, and have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. He uh, took me. So Remy and Bob gathered me and uh, a few other people, our friend Quentin, and then um, another one of our friends. And we went over to the Sherwood store and played there. Uh, and so for three of us, it was our first time ever seeing it, uh, mm -hmm. which was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, it was fun. 
Um, oh, but yeah, then he was like, oh yeah, and there's this uh, there's this one faction, and I think he would really like it. And that's when he like got me super sucked in because all of a sudden I was like, wait, I can I can build a list to counter your list. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> You're um, saying I have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what faction was that? Uh, free folk. Heyo. Which, looking back, was a little tricky because it's one of the harder. I think it's probably the hardest faction to play in that game. Um, Especially at that time because I didn't have as many unit options, but yeah. you know what? It gave me a good challenge, and uh, I lost my first probably hundred games. <laughs> and wow. poor Remy, uh, you know, let me bash my face into his like wall of people and get crushed over and over. Thank you, yeah. Remy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, even... uh, that's my introduction. Yeah, well, been... I don't even think I've played a hundred games of Song of Ice and Fire yeah. yet. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I just gotta put that out there. So, well, and, and um, so Song of Ice and Fire was really the first miniatures game that you actually kind of sunk your teeth into and started playing a lot of because you didn't yeah. really get into. Did you ever buy any Malifaux models, or did you I did see not. that they I were unpainted? I looked at the models for a long kinda... time. Okay. Yeah, I did the whole thing where you like add them to your cart and then you look yeah. at them and you sit on it for a while. And then at some yeah. point the logical part of your brain kicks in and you're like, you know what? I should probably maybe take take a step back for a second. Yeah, nice. uh, but I didn't, at that point, I didn't know anyone who was actually playing. I just had no. been seeing it played. Yeah. So it was kind of helpful to have someone that I knew I could be yeah. learning with. Well, it's really interesting too. Cause like I've been playing, I've been playing war machine for a really long time and I got into song of ice and fire probably a little bit before you, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to play as much because working in a game store, despite working in a game store, you don't get to play games that often. Um, <laughs> and uh, I remember the first couple of times we played, we were both still super new. And then a couple of months went by and I had maybe gotten one or two other games in, and it seemed like you were just in the back, like you were having your own training montage in the background, and then you came, <laughs> you came back, and we played another game, and you just played one of the most nasty lists that I'd ever played against, and it just felt like I couldn't do anything. And <laughs> yeah. so it's it's interesting to to hear that this is your first miniatures game, and and see that you like because so so something i noticed is that with the way that you structured your lists both from playing against you and the couple of conversations we had about it you really dove into analyzing all of the different abilities for the different individual models how they synergize with the different units and things like that and built a really well-knitted list that just had layers upon layers of, of great synergies that just made the list sing. Yeah, I mean, that is, that's basically the game to me. Like, putting the actual models on the table is mm -hmm. kind of the icing on the cake, but my core game, like, if you could look through my, <laughs> my app, you'll see a million lists, because I just like <laughs> to sit there and I'm like, I gotta figure out these new combos, right? Yeah. Gotta, mm -hmm. gotta try new things and think about yeah. what I can use to make this, uh, my favorite thing is taking a model that I never play because yeah. I don't either understand how they work or maybe I've used them before and they've failed miserably. I'm like, all right, how do I make this work? That's yeah. like my favorite thing. Now, is that kind of a, a holdover from when you used to play Magic? Did you have a similar process where you really kind of 
delved into the synergies and interactions of certain cards when you were building or playing a deck? Uh, possibly. Um, yeah, I, I approach a lot of games. If a game has the ability to, you know, let me take that liberty, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Did so you ever play of... any other strategy games or anything like that? Um... Like chess or Risk or... Stratego not, stuff like that. Not before? actively. Like okay. I grew up in a in a household that played a lot of tabletop and like family games in general. So yeah, I, okay. I got games okay. of risk and stuff in. Uh and then I, I grew up with some RTS video games like Age okay. of Empires 2, Command and yeah. Conquer. Uh so yeah, I you know, Okay, so yeah, quite like kind of well thing. it sounds like quite a bit of um at least those types of a little bit of tactical. Because that, from my conversation with some other people, is like, that has always seemed like it was one of the barriers that a lot of people ran into, is that they didn't have very much experience playing other strategical games and didn't really, couldn't really get their head around playing that type of a game. Um, yeah. And so it's it's great to hear and see other people who do um, really kind of take a knack for it. It's It's fun. I won't say I'm good at it um i'm far from good at it but i enjoy it uh, i mean ten thousand hours still gets you there you know yeah <laughs> that's right that's right i only had 100 games where i had to you know beat my head against a wall <laughs> yeah um yeah, I mean... yeah but no i think i think some people enjoy that kind of thing and some people don't um and i've taught a number of people to play ice and fire at this point and i think in general like the best kind of strategy is to put together something that works and if they like that kind of thing, you can be like, all right, well, next game, you know, this might go well with this thing. Or you can take a look at these and, you know, use your brain, figure it out. You'll do yeah. you'll do good. Uh, but, yeah. Let me ask you, let me ask you this question. So that's the game you have the most experience with. Yes. Uh, what are some other games that you have some experience with? Oh, uh, wargaming wise? Yeah. Um, Not much um i got a couple like beginner games of war machine in or warm hordes i you know troll blood so hordes yeah. um and you know we're working on bob's army right now so oh, hopefully nice. i'll start playing that some more and then infinity looked really interesting to me and obviously we're trying to get Frostgrave going yeah yeah uh, but yeah um, i'm uh, i'm okay. at that point where i'm just kind of looking forward to trying more yeah how are you liking the hobby side i know that Song of Ice and Fire miniatures come pre, um, like assembled or whatever. They're not really assembled, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but how are you liking the painting and hobbying side of the hobby? Um, I I'm liking it a lot. I think you're right. The uh, the Ice and Fire do come pre-assembled, which I think was great as a beginner because it let me just open up the box and I could get them right on the table. I didn't have to worry about like, oh, what kind of glue do I use and why is my glue <laughs> failing yeah. miserably? Is, is and, this like, assembled right. the right way? Yeah. Like, How do I get these why things doesn't off the this screen? Oh, okay. I'm looking yeah. gnarly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that was great. And that, that kind of let me focus on just the learning how to paint uh nicely so that that was kind of a good introduction and then you know from there eventually got to the point where i was like all right well i kind of want this other model's arm on this person so like what happens if i just kind of chop off her arm <laughs> and replace it <laughs> uh and yeah at that point we started accumulating more models too that didn't come fully assembled um yeah 
and it, it was just kind of a natural progression. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. There's a lot to learn. There's some really good people out there who've done some amazing things with, especially colors. I love looking at colors yeah. and color palettes. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Have you had you ever done any uh, any other art or like painting or anything like that in the past before drawing or was this also like your first venture into um, kind of that artistic hobby thing as well as like the first venture into miniatures? Uh, I used to do um, sculpting actually with Sculpey, okay. so like nothing crazy, just you know dinking around, and then uh, some acrylic painting when I was younger. So I, I actually had some acrylic paints already and a bunch of stuff left over from, you know, my prior days. Uh, yeah. And then I think I really enjoy makeup. So I think that kind of gave me just a little bit of a leg up because I already knew, okay. you know, when you contour your face, you're like, all right, I'm I'm looking at where I want to place shadows and I, I'm looking at where I want to place highlights. And oh, yeah. it's just kind of, it's a natural progression. Yeah, it's a different type of landscape. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember... Uh, we'd had conversations before about uh, paints and stuff like that. And it blew my mind when you were like, oh yeah, I've got like four colors and I just mix everything for my acrylic paints. I'm like, you do what now? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm so well, much more so impressed much easier, with your painting. Then you, like, can, you know, get the exact color you want. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I find it nicer to do it that way. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why I was wondering, like, how much other, uh, like, art or painting background you had, because, like, because I don't, uh, like, I think before I started painting miniatures, I had never done any painting, or, like, mm. I had done, like, some drawing and things like that in high school, just, like, small doodles and stuff of, like, cool swords or whatever uh, items for, like, D&D or animes that I watched or, or stuff like that, but, like, I never had very much of an artistic background, and the the idea of delving really deep into like color theory and paint yeah. mixturing and things like that is just just totally goes over my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just it's way outside my realm of of um, anything that I know anything about. So like yeah. it's yeah. I, I, again, it's funny. You're like, oh, I have a little bit of experience, and it's, it just the difference. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, colors, you know, I, I've only done a little bit of painting in the past, but uh, colors have always kind of grabbed me. Uh, yeah. So like, I don't know. I think it was chemistry class uh, when you learned about the like light waves and wavelengths and, oh, yeah. you know, absorption and how to create colors. And, you know, I don't know. It just, it's always been fascinating to me. <laughs> right on. Okay, right on. Cool. Yeah. So where do you game mostly? Is it mostly in your house? Or uh, when you said you you gamed at a couple stores a couple times, is that right? Yeah, um, I'd say mostly at stores. Oh, OK. Yeah. That, I mean, now, that... now we actually have a table for it. Before, we just had a giant like board that we <laughs> bought for like $10. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that was, you know, it, it worked, but um, in general, we liked going to stores. Okay, and what's that? Especially because I like I like being around people. So <laughs> yeah, true story. Um, <laughs> what's that like for you, just in general? That experience, um, you know, there aren't a lot of other women gamers around. I'm sure. For sure, um, yeah. So 
I will say it has gotten better over the years, which is very Excellent. encouraging to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's really helpful to go with at least one friend because sometimes you'll get interactions that aren't the best. And it's just kind of nice to have someone there, uh, especially someone who's willing to step in before you have to say or do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, I've learned that statistically, I'm I'm not very common, right? There's not that many girls. So sometimes people just, you know, they have the best of intentions. They just maybe don't know how to interact. Yeah. Um, and so I try to keep in the back of my mind that, you know, it's not like they're being malicious. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've, I've definitely had uh, times when I've walked into a store and someone will come up and they'll, you know, ask my male friends about my list instead of asking me. It's like, all right, okay. Uh, yeah, I've even had salespeople talk to Bob and they'll be like, okay, well, what is she wanting to buy? And they'll like talk to him. And eventually he has to be like, I don't know. I don't, you know, I either don't play this game or whatever, you know, talk to yeah. her. <laughs> um, yeah. Or sometimes you'll get people that zero in on you and they're super nice, like super, super nice, but they don't talk to anyone else at your table. And that's also kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, well, you know, they're trying to be nice, but what do you do? I don't, I don't want to ever be rude because, yeah. you know, people are being nice to me, even when they're not being so nice to me. It's like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so it's just kind of weird interactions like that that happen. So it's always kind of nice to have a friend with you, regardless of the friend's gender. Uh, yeah. Huh. Just to kind of offset that a little. I don't think I ever experienced things like that before, obviously, for, you know, good reason, I guess. Um, <laughs> but but it, I, I've had interesting interactions with people um, because I would take my youngest son to the game store mm. and, and play games. And and when he, you know, when he was much younger, he was much smaller. Now he's bigger than me and now he can handle his own. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it is kind of interesting when you, when you kind of break down some of the interactions that you have and, and, yeah. you know, I, I think you're very charitable right now because, um, you know, because you're, well, I, you, one, you're a nice person, but, but I think you're being very charitable to, to some, to some of the people you, you've had those interactions with. Um, and you know, I just want to say, I appreciate that, but. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I don't know. The times yeah. I find people actually trying to be malicious, uh, is very small compared to the times that I find people who, you know, yeah. either just don't know better or they don't know how to handle the situation. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, I've worked retail for pretty much my whole working career. I've been into gaming since I was in high school. Um, I, I worked general retail for uh, almost a decade and it teaches you a lot about talking to people especially people you'll, you don't know and i've been working in rune board for over three years at this point almost three and a half years at this point and um you know i interact with a lot of other people who are varying degrees of nerd and the one thing that we all have in common is that so many of us are just not always used to social interactions uh or yeah. interacting with other people and sometimes we don't always know how to um, get across what it is that we're looking for or what they're, mm -hmm. they're asking about. And, um, you know, it's difficult. It's, it's a bunch of socially awkward people trying to interact with other socially awkward people. Right. <laughs> and a lot of times it, 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 run, it runs into these weird 
situations. And I, I also try and be um, as respectful or understanding of people because I, I've also been there too in the past where like, I didn't really know how to talk to other people, like other yeah. gamers in general, or, you know, people of the opposite gender uh, or different orientations and things like that. And uh, it's a very key thing that I think a lot of people just kind of miss out on, unfortunately in life. And um, yeah. I, I hope that we as society in general can get better at doing that of, of just communicating yeah. with people. And then also in the community, understanding how to communicate with other people and be um, accepting of other people who share this, the hobbies or the, or the passion for the games and things that we do. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of areas in our society that can that we can grow in that can you know, and this is the one area that we're passionate about as gamers, and and so yeah. when we when we go into those spaces we can be uh, we can be good models and and you know for other people and when we go into those spaces so for sure what, yeah what um uh, what is what's what's something that has surprised you the most about the hobby and like the deeper you get into it the more you're like wow this is awesome or i had no idea this was this way like what's something that um you know has surprised you and and on, on your journey towards wargaming uh i think the thing that has surprised me the most was actually going back to interactions with people i kind of <laughs> i kind of love meeting new people and you meet all sorts of new people yeah. And I never realized before this just how many different types of people you can meet. And I'm a very outgoing person in terms of like, I need to be around people to be happy. Like it gives me energy, but I'm also super socially awkward. So I love that, you know, playing these games kind of forces me to do something I love, but also meet other people, which can be difficult for me, but also, yeah. you know, have meaningful interactions. And yeah. I, I really dig that. I like that. I like that. Um, have you, have you, other than miniatures games and magic, have, uh, or like magic adjacent type things, have you uh, done very much other gaming like video games or uh, you mentioned playing like some board games growing up and stuff? Have you done very much in RPGs, um, that type of thing, or has it primarily just been those couple of things in your uh, in your experience? Uh, yeah, I grew up playing actually a lot of video games. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't until you know I was in college that I picked up magic. Uh, and I guess, yeah, growing up, you know, you play, <laughs> I don't know, dice games. Like we, we played what we called probability. I think it's, uh, most similar to liar's dice. Um, okay. and, uh, you know, settlers of Catan and <sighs> all sorts of video games. I don't know. I love video <laughs> games. <laughs> What's your favorite genre or do you like playing just anything? My favorite genre uh, of games in general? Video games, sorry. Oh, video games. Um, probably MMOs, because <laughs> you know okay. I like I like meeting new people and playing with yeah. them and. Nice. Yeah. A lot of World of Warcraft or. Uh, a lot, Warcraft. yeah. In my in you know <laughs> high school and college, a lot of World of Warcraft. Yeah. Um, uh, what was what was your experience being? being a woman in that gaming environment because i know that that can also be another one that's like primarily male dominated or um you know different or possibly difficult uh interactions playing playing sometimes just playing a female character will draw attention to you or like if um 
revealing that you are a, a woman playing a video game that's primarily full of dudes. Yeah. Uh, it it very much depends on the game. Um, World of Warcraft never had as big of an issue. Um, but I've also learned to be kind of reserved, so I won't always yeah. talk uh, over voice yeah. until I know kind of the people who I'm playing with. Um, but yeah, it you know, it used to be a lot worse than it is currently. I think yeah. we've seen a lot more women come into, especially video games. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I started playing um, Elder Scrolls online at the beginning of the pandemic, and I think that was kind of refreshing because there's a ton nice. of women in that game. Okay, that's cool. So, I yeah, I haven't played World of Warcraft in a while, so I don't know how that uh, compares us to now, but yeah. at least uh, I've, I've been seeing more women getting in there. So That's cool. That's one of the things that, um, like, the idea of more women participating in the games. Um, the other side of it is, is I'd, um, I'd love to see more women creators, you know, yeah. uh, you know, two of my favorite creators are, you know, Joseph McCullough of Frostgrave fame and, you know, and Patrick Todorov who wrote Hardwired and both those guys are putting out some really great content. Um, and um, outside of, you know, women YouTubers. I don't know. I don't know if I have any war games written by women. I guess. I guess DBA. Um, th there's a woman on that team who writes for that. But, but outside of that, I don't think I do. You know. And so I'm like, yeah. So I would love to see more. Um, you know. Uh, you know, more creators in that way. But, yeah, I would wonder if that's kind of a social feedback thing because when you put your name out there and you are creating stuff like that, uh, all of a sudden everyone thinks that they need to give feedback. And, yeah. you know, uh -huh. oftentimes yeah. it's not legitimate feedback yeah. Uh, yeah. just because of either your gender or something. So yeah. I would wonder if that has something to do with it. Maybe it's, it's a little <laughs> harder to actually read comments and take yeah. all of that in and actually weed out, like it creates an ex extra task. You have to weed out, you know, legitimate, yeah comments the, from the ones that are just trolling you yeah, for no yeah. reason. And I, I'm sure that's true of males too. Uh, but I suspect females might have it a little uh, more difficult in the gaming space. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there's, it's one of those uh, stigmatisms uh, or, you know, stigmas um, of kind of the community that I, I really feel like the last couple of years, especially has been, pushing really hard to to make it more acceptable um more inviting to to everyone and i think some of it honestly i think some of it just kind of has to do with the older what are referred to as gatekeeping nerds are kind of moving by the wayside they're kind of starting to see that the the younger generations that they helped raise are starting to push them out because we're getting tired of the toxic masculinity and the unfair treatment of people just because of who they are, like, you know, gender or orientation, the way that they dress or appear, things like that. And like, I think something that a lot of us need to remember is that a lot of nerds are the socially outcast people. 
um, mm-hmm. by the the other major groups or cliques or you know other portions of society were kind of the ones that got that didn't really fit in in other places, and it seems really stupid to not accept those people that are just trying to find another place where they fit in that also share a love for the same things that we do. It just seems incredibly dumb to me that we push those people out just because of just because they're a woman or just because of something else. And it's like, you, yeah. you still love the game at the end of the day. Like, and, and I think it's gotten better. I, I think I haven't experienced it as much, uh, but I think it's gotten a lot better and I hope that it keeps getting better because at the end of the day, like, we love games. We just want to play games. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is it is definitely getting better in terms of the interactions you have with people, but also the more people have good interactions and like if we're talking about women specifically, if you as a single woman are more likely to stay in a store, that opens it up to more women because it's really hard to yeah. walk into an entire store, especially a big store, and you see a sea of men. And it yeah. can sometimes be a little hard to like, you know, keep walking or yeah. you know, walk over to a table. You know, it's much easier to just, you know, run in and buy something really quick and then walk back out the door. But, yeah. you know, I'm more likely to stick around if I see, oh, look, there's more women here. And sometimes you even make a friend that you wouldn't have otherwise made because you're like, hey, yeah. I see you. Uh, yeah. So I think I think it's kind of a snowball effect, you know, better interactions, make it more likely for women to stay around. And then more women are likely to come in and have more interactions and bring more yeah. women in. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. And, and I also wonder how much of it is also uh, like groups of women that are kind of just keeping to themselves sometimes um, in a small group and not always necessarily like branching out to or being out in other places. Cause I've, there's been a couple of uh, customers that I've interacted with that have been coming in to like buy dice or look for a new miniature or something like that. And as a, as a game store employee, I'm chatting out, talking about like, what are you playing and things like that. And there's been a couple of different times where um, they were in a RPG group with just a bunch of other gal friends that they had. And, um, and I wonder how much of that is also something that is common uh, and just not always seen of like, oh, I got into this just because my boyfriend is into it or I'm playing like my boyfriend brought me into this group. And like how many of it is some, uh, you know, a group of women who all have a similar interest who start playing together. For and sure. Yeah. Actually, my first d and uh, group was all women. And that was awesome. very much an easy way to kind of feel more comfortable around the game store and, yeah. you know slide my way into other games. Uh, but it, it can very much be a safe space uh, if you're not as comfortable with, you know, meeting other guys. <laughs> yeah. It's an, it's an easy way to kind of get in there and do your thing and maybe not feel like there's so many eyes on you. Strength in numbers kind of thing. Um, yeah. I do, I do sometimes wonder, though, because we, we do have the all-women groups, and some of them are more public than others. I think most of them are probably private. Uh, but I have always wondered how dudes feel about that. Like, what do you guys think when you see an all women game? Are you like, am I feeling excluded? Are you feeling excluded as a dude? Cause we won't no. let you in cause we're female. No, me personally, not at all. Yeah. I get a lot of games in. I don't, I'm never going to feel sad if someone else is gaming without me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's fair. Well, yeah. and it, it's also kind of that same that same type of thing of um, understanding, being in a safe space, and like, and I can be understanding of like, if you want, if you want a group to just be like you and your female friends, and you don't want any guys in there because you don't feel like you can be yourself uh, as much or you don't feel like you can or you or you feel like you may potentially get picked on or made fun of or something like that um mm-hmm. by letting you know a, a dude join the group like i personally am not offended by that because i understand like trying to make sure that everyone is comfortable and having a good time um and it's also kind of just the general um just the general socialness of different people have different ideas of what is or isn't appropriate and sometimes that could be a real roll of the dice if you don't know people super super well of like what's going to be appropriate if i say this joke that's i think is really funny and it totally bombs because it's offbeat because it's not really it's not really socially okay with the people that you're hanging out with but like yeah like i i don't have any problem like not being included if there's a um if there's a group of women that are all playing, even if I saw them in the store, which I've seen a couple of times where it was a couple of young, I think, um, I think it was like three high school friends who came in that were playing D and D from time to time that just like had their table. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome that you guys are like getting together and enjoying this thing. And like, I don't care if there's no dudes at your table, like you guys are having fun. As long as you're having fun, I don't care who's in the group or not. And I don't, I don't feel excluded for it. Well, that's great. That's good to know. Yeah. I'm glad you asked us a question because I was actually going to ask if you had any questions for us. <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're like pros we're not trying thing. to, yeah. We're you not know. trying to sit here and grill you when, and be like, Oh yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, we're, you know, we're in the hobby. We, we talk about it all the time and yeah. you know, and you and Chad, you work in the hobby. And so, you know, and because, you know, and we've had a lot of a fair number of creators on our podcast and stuff. And so, you know, so we have, you know, a perspective and you never yeah. know. So I'm glad you asked. Well, it, so, yeah. And I think some of it also is that Jeremiah, you and I are very much kind of community people um, or we have worked in building communities and that and when you're in a gaming community and things like that and you stop and you look around and you see nothing but dudes and you're like, why, why don't, why aren't there any women in this group? And it's, it's a question that comes up that because we don't have those experiences, um, we're not sure how to change or, you know, we don't know exactly how to, what we can do to try and make it a more inviting place and not feel intimidating. Uh, And so it's always kind of one of those questions of like, what can we do? to make sure that everyone is, um, is welcome and feels invited, uh, and doesn't feel yeah. nervous about, um, stepping into something just because it's a bunch of guys that are playing this hobby. And, and, um, For and, sure. I think- and like you said, there's, um, I think, social interactions are hard enough for a lot of people. And then yeah. you add in things like you were saying, you weren't sure how, you know, people would take, a certain kind of joke or something and yeah. even I've been in that where I've been in a group of women 
And I've talked about like, oh man, I need to get back into the kitchen and make a sandwich or something. And then all of a sudden, like everyone's offended. And I'm like, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You get different levels, even even in a group of all women. You get, yeah. you know, weird yeah. social interactions and you don't always know how people are going to take things. So yeah, adding that kind of extra level and then adding different genders on top of it, I think can be a little scary for people. Yeah, that's a good observation. That's a good observation. So I think, uh, and I maybe maybe a tie-in to maybe our last question for the segment um, before we go on to the next thing, but um, uh, but I think you represent uh, like to me something that's amazing and hopeful, and maybe I could have in the future. But like, but I guess the question is, is you know, all of us want our you know, our, our spouse or our significant other to game with us. Um, but very few of us actually are, are married or dating, you know, someone who will play the games with us. So, um, <laughs> so what's, talk, talk to me about what about that, that you particularly like or dislike, some, you know, and then, and then does it trickle down to your kids? Like, are your kids going to be playing Song of Ice and Fire with you one day? You know, oh, like. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's it's amazing, honestly, having a husband that's in the same hobby as you. Uh, yeah, you, you know, said you it just, was a date night. I mean, that what a, yeah. a crazy appeal. Like, I wish. Anyway. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, it's all fun and games to, like, sit back and watch a movie or something. But there's not that much interaction when you're just staring at a screen with someone. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's much more fun <laughs> to actually have a game you know, with your significant other. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, you know, it's a lot of fun, especially, you know, if you just want to pick up, like, if I create a wonky list and I'm like, you know what, this is going to go tits up in the first 10 seconds, but I don't want to like take off my pajamas, <laughs> but let's go like knock this out and you can just crush me and we'll be done with it, but I need to see how this plays out. And it's, it's nice <laughs> to have someone who can just run upstairs with you really quick and, yeah. you know, do that. Uh, Push some models across the table, and then you're like, "Yeah, that wasn't quite quite as good as I thought. Yeah. Maybe it was. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe that worked uh, way better than I thought it was going to." And uh, yeah, I for that. sure. I literally. And we kind of complement each other. Like he was able to build this awesome table, uh, and like it's kind of nice that he can feel. Like this morning, I found a mini on my desk, still in the sprues. But he was he was talking about how he really wished he had. Um, a Harry Dresden, I think is his name from the Dresden Files. He wants to create a, yeah. a Frostgrave warband uh, w within that universe. Um, okay. So he That'd found cool. he found a mini that was perfect for it, and he was like, "Man, I wish I wish this was you know a thing that I had painted and looked really cool." So he left it on my desk, and I'll you know I'll get that painted for him. It's kind of nice to have that other interaction of like, "Okay, I can do this yeah. for you." And, nice. Uh, so that right. kind of works well. And our kids absolutely love the painting. So they actually have their own little painting station that they use while we're doing our painting. Well, okay, Bob doesn't paint. Let's be real. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, I'll paint and Bob will do his thing and the kids will paint. Uh, and like I said, like while we were playing the game, they had their little unicorn minis that they were painting. I can't remember whether I was saying that pre-show or not, but um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, love, you know, yeah. it gives them something to do. And sometimes we'll let them play with us. Like if I need to make a decision, I'll uh, I'll ask, you know, my older kid, hey, which which direction do you think I should go? Do you think I should, you know, 
try and get mm-hmm. around this flank or you know, take take my more tanky units up the front. And yeah. So that's kind of fun to get them involved. Our little one is always the chief dice roller. She likes to gather all the <laughs> dice when we're ready to attack and roll them out yeah. for us. <laughs> Uh, so I, I can't that. I can't wait for them to get just a little older, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun when they get older. I can test. <laughs> so, but yeah, I highly cool. recommend. Uh, I've I've been trying to get more uh, specifically wives in. I have a few friends who you know have expressed the same sentiment. I wish my wife would play, and yeah. I think a lot of the times it's because um, we tend to play complicated games with a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, Ice and Fire isn't that complicated, but you know I've seen some other more complicated games out there. Yeah. And so I was kind of hoping maybe to get a group of women together, like wives or whoever, you know, women whether they're married or not or whatever. Uh, but I think I think it's a little easier when you haven't been playing, uh, or when you're with someone who hasn't been playing. If you're learning together, I think it's a little less intimidating than. Yeah. Especially a spouse who already has been playing this game for years and knows every single little tiny rule and detail and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I suspect that <laughs> that's a little less intimidating. So hopefully when the pandemic lets up, I'll get, you know, a group of, of some ladies together and we can some explore. Some lady war gamers. Heck yeah. <laughs> Represent. That's cool. That's cool. Well, let's move to the hobby desk. We asked the question, what are you building? What are you painting? And we'd love to hear from you. What, what have you been building and painting lately? Oh, me? Um, I have been, well, obviously, uh, I've got this Harry Dresden here. <laughs> this yes. is my next project. Um, I just kind of finished up some of Bob's Infernals. So nice. I guess I'll, I'll move on to that. And then I've got a whole slew of gray uh, that I need to fight with mostly my troll bloods. I've been kind of behind on my troll bloods, so I want to get those painted. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Nice. um, Have you gotten to get some more work done on your Glacier King? I know that you had started working on that and made some good progress. Um, I have not. I got got a little burnt out on it, I think. Yeah. Um, And there were so many parts for me to pick apart and like criticize myself. Yeah. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to put this on the table for a while. So I think I'm just going to take, take a little break, work on some smaller stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely on my list. I had, I had seen your beginning progress of it and I was, I'm still excited to see, um, the finished product because it looked super good so far. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. You, I mean, you're a fantastic painter. Like, uh, I know that you, um, I feel like you take, you take some good time. Um, your song, your free folk army looks awesome. Um, thank you. (laughs) And, um, I've seen some of the other stuff that you painted that all looks really great. So like, I'm, I'm always excited to see the other stuff that you're working on because, um, you put a lot of time and a lot of effort into it. It looks, it looks great. Yeah, it's kind of a relaxing process for me. So yeah, I'm like super slow, which kind of makes it hard to paint like entire armies or whatever. But yeah. it's it's nice. It's it's a fun process. And yeah, keep keep an eye out for that Troll King. I'll get it done yeah. in probably six <laughs> months. <laughs> That's fine. It'll still look awesome. Who can, yeah. Nice. Uh, uh, right before we started the show, I was actually working on getting some paint onto 
a interrogator chaplain for a Dark Angels army, small Dark Angels force that I have that I converted out of another model. Um, lately, I've been getting back to working on the Riot Quest stuff, um, and I was going through my list of all of the... I have a, uh, a list in my notepad on my phone that's all of the miniatures, almost all of the miniatures. I know there's a handful that are missing uh, of the stuff that I have unpainted, because my goal this year is to try and, and knock a chunk of that out. Uh, and at the top of the list is all my Riot Quest stuff. There was 36 models there uh, when I got the recent... Um, the second Kickstarter uh, batch of stuff plus some leftover stuff from last year. So I'm about halfway through that now. I've got about 15 left to finish up. Um, and then I've got a Trollblood's army that I don't, I'm trying to get rid of that I may end up turning into a paint project later. Uh, but my list is my list of stuff that is unpainted that I'm trying to work on getting through this year is about 300 models. Um, and wow. so I'm trying to, and that's like across all the games that I play, um, trying to get through all of that <laughs> stuff. And I probably have, I probably have, jeez, oh, I probably have close to around five or maybe 600 models already painted just because my circle army is so large. Uh, <laughs> plus I've got my, um, that's already done. So like it, it's, um, it's interesting to look at the stuff that I have that's sitting in backlog. Uh, and then I don't stop and think about all of the miniatures that I've already got painted. Uh, oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's definitely probably close to five or 600 miniatures. Cause if you include the stuff that I've done for the store, the death guard army and the space Marine stuff that I have, and then my circle army and the monpox stuff that I've got. Yeah. It's probably close to, it's got to be at least 600 miniatures in total wow. that's already, so, that are already painted. Do you find that having that list makes it easier to, you know, get them actually painted? Cause I feel like a lot of times I'm in the mood to paint and then I look at like my options <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, look at all this gray. And yeah. then I'm like, okay, well now I'm not in the mood to paint yeah. anymore. Cause <laughs> I've got paralysis by analysis. Yeah. And... I've, I've been struggling with that a little bit lately and um, a little bit more so because it's so easier for me to be like, I could paint or, Oh, my friends are online. Let's go play video games with them. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've been a little less motivated. It has been a little bit daunting sometimes, but um, I'm trying to keep the number of unpainted miniatures both in my workspace and close by my workspace to a lower amount. And a bunch of the stuff that's on my list is actually unassembled because a chunk of the war... So some of the uh, troll stuff needs to be fixed, reassembled after I stripped it. Uh, and a chunk of it is unassembled. And some of the... Uh, 40k stuff that I have that's unpainted that is going to be coming up is unassembled. And so it's a little bit less uh, daunting to look at all of that stuff because I've kind of moved some of the majority of the back of the backlog out of my periphery. So it's a little bit less daunting, but um, definitely scrolling through the list and looking at all the stuff that's there, but then also trying to remind myself like it's early in the year. My goal is to take a chunk out of this by the end of the year. Uh, and I already... Let's see. Uh, I didn't hit my goal of finishing another army this year yet, uh, but I finished painting the Death Guard stuff last year. Uh, the year before was all of my circle stuff, finishing up all of that. So 
Um, sorry, that was a very long-winded answer to I'm working on my Riot Quest stuff. And then when I get done with that, I'm going to move on to, I'm not sure what project I'm going to move on to yet, but. Oh, can I, can I ask one more question? I'm like fascinated sure. by this list. Uh, did you have this list from the beginning or did you sit down one day and you're like, all right, I'm going to spend like five hours making a list of all the models. <laughs> um, no, I actually, so there's two parts to that answer um every time i get a new uh war machine army so my my circle army list actually has been in existence for a long time as i've been playing that faction the longest uh and working on painting it that list was created um both so that i knew what i owned uh because i actually own at least one of everything in the faction um and then in 2019 it was my goal to finish getting at least one of everything in that army fully painted. So that list has been created for a long time. And um, I usually create a list for my war machine stuff whenever I start getting into a new army so that I can see what models do I have available when I'm building lists, when I'm looking at buying stuff, because I don't like proxying models if I can avoid it. Um, and I like building, I like using what it is that I have, whether it's painted or not. Um, but when we were getting ready to start the, when we were getting ready to record the, uh, the hobby goal episode that we did at the, uh, at the end of last year, that was actually one of the things that I started doing is I, I did sit down with a bunch of the riot quest stuff that I had recently gotten and started looking at like, okay, this is, I want to build a list of the stuff that I have that's unpainted so that I can also kind of track my, um, track my work through the year so that like, I can look back and be like, Oh, I got this many models done um, throughout this year as kind of my, uh, my achievement and my goal for 2021. And so, yes, at one point I did actually sit down and I was like, okay, well, um, these are the Riot Quest models that I know that I have, uh, that both I just got, uh, and then also I previously had that are unpainted. So I want to work on those. Um, I already had a list of the other couple of other extra circle models and units that were like extras beyond the first that I owned that weren't painted. Then there's all the minions models, uh, solos and some units that were already in a list just based off of like what I own for building lists and things like that. And so, like, I had a couple of smaller lists in other places, and then I compiled everything and then added, like, the Warhammer 40K stuff that I had. And then I added in some of the other odds and ends things that I had that, uh, like, the Victoria's starter set is on my list of paint of stuff to get back to try painting later, um, as well as a couple of other things that odds and ends things that are just projects that I want to do. Hmm. But then I, I totaled it all up the other day, and the, the running total currently is 289 289 models but then that also doesn't include a couple of other odds and ends things that i know i'm probably missing wow nice yeah what about you jeremiah what do you have on your your hobby desk um i have hundreds of models that need to be built and painted <laughs> um most recently, I built the uh, Death Archon. I only ordered one, um, but I assembled it that same day and did the basing material on it. And I was going to try to do the scale 75 contrast paints on them. So that would be my first try using those paints. Um, but uh, that's it. It was kind of a light 
um, when I do metal, I'm like really particular, um, probably more particular about metal than I am plastic, interestingly enough, when I assemble. Because um, I take a, a brass wire brush to the whole metal and make it all nice and shiny and get all the muck off. And then, yeah. of course, I have to go wash my hands afterwards because my hands are all gray and silvery. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> here and there. So it, 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 it plus it was hobby night the other night, and I was just mostly listening to you guys talk while I was working. And so I didn't, um, but I, did, I wasn't working at a fast clip, so I didn't get as much built as I wanted to. But um, it's time to build so that, so that when we get good weather, I'll be able to prime more. So, yeah. But yeah. nah, yeah, that's how we are. So, hey, uh, Judy, I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, it meant a lot to me that you agreed to come on and oh, have this conversation with us. So I appreciate <laughs> you and Bob being a part of our community. And uh, I want to um, plug the Discord server. Uh, if you, you know, if you check us out at spellstormminiatures.com, uh, on the left-hand side, there's links for everything, including an invite to our Discord server. Uh, you'll be able to uh, to reach us and ask us any kinds of questions and participate in like the hobby night uh, that we have, the paint party every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And um, and if you like what we do, we'd love for you to support us by telling your friends. And that's, that's probably the best way to support us. Uh, but we also have links for you know, Patreon and other things like that too. So you can even wear a cool Spellstorm Miniatures t-shirt. We've got t-shirts now. So oh, I need uh, I need to get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one yet. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Another way you can support us is if uh, you can leave us positive reviews because that helps with the with the algorithms. But with that, uh, we'd love to see you guys later and uh, have fun hobbying. Thank you.